0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast, Imola Preview, Emilia Romagna Preview. F1's returning to Imola for the first time since 2006 i know Freddy's very excited. I think Nigel is too. They're both joining me. How are you fellas?
1: I'm very excited. I think Nigel is too. Uh,
2: yeah, I have to say that now, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> How are you Adam?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm you can tell by Nigel's voice tone that he is absolutely jumping aside Yeah, for this race. Um, again, we've got a lot of news to talk about that's kind of filtered during the last week, as well as obviously looking ahead to the race. Um, but just a quick reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at F one or our personal Twitters. Mine is at AdamDickinson01 if you want to see tweets about rugby. Freddie's is at Coach, 1999 to see tweets about Taskmaster and Nigel's is (laughs) to see tweets about why he told you so and which driver is overrated this week. Um, (laughs) Get straight into it.
1: Um, How long have you
0: been writing that into, Adam? It's brilliant. uh, Yeah, I thought I was presenting the race uh, review on Monday, so I got it ready for then. Uh. Um, (laughs) Moving quickly on. so the first bit of news is one that's just dropped and it Toto Wolf has commented on George Russell's situation. Obviously, it seemed like he was completely secure in his Williams seat. They um were quick to sign him down for twenty twenty one or you know, announce him as their driver for twenty twenty one. Then Williams got taken over and now it's looking like he might well not be in the seat. There's been a lot of rumours that Perez is in the discussion for it. I think, Freddie, you've got the most information on this. So what's what's Wolf said? Uh, yeah, Wolf um, has been quoted by Motorsport.com and Autosport
1: um, this morning, Wednesday morning, which I'm recording this as saying um, um, that he thinks the decision is basically going to be made is what we can imply from what he says. I don't think the decision comes down to his driving skills about George Russell being removed from Williams. It's more probably an overall political decision and commercial decision and that kind of lends itself to the belief that George Russell has been removed from the 2021 Williams lineup uh, in favor of Sergio Perez um and George uh, Toto Wolff as Russell's manager is inclined is there to comment on that and it's a he did also comment on it's um, a bit of a shame and all of that kind of stuff because his performance on Sunday was very good he completely outclassed Latifi definitely that weekend and deserves to be a solid midfield driver. um deserves to have a solid midfield car underneath him and he doesn't and that kind of thing. So Perez would be good at Williams um, but at the expense of Russell instead of Latifi if you're going to have to have Perez it's, yeah, it is a commercial decision.
0: And, Nigel, what are your thoughts on this? Obviously you and I think all of us thought or thought it might be a possibility that Perez would go to Red Bull.
2: Yeah, I still believe that's going to be the case. I think Russell will stay at Williams and Perez will go to Red Bull. And wider thoughts on
0: this? Do you not have any? I don't have any because
2: he's going to stay. He's going to stay at Williams.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think it's strange strange to even be thinking about this and Perez is kind of doing um, to Russell what Vettel did to him in his team that he thought he was locked down to a contract and, and then, you know, another driver's come through and taking his seat. I think it would be a massive shame not to have Russell on the grid. And, you know, whereas with, with the, um, racing point Aston Martin situation, there was a bit more, you know, strolls been coming on well this season and, you know, it kind of felt like there was a bit more, you know, maybe, maybe this is kind of the best race decision with, um, with this one in terms of russell and latifi russell's you know latifi's not a bad driver i think he had a decent rookie season in a difficult situation but russell has you know completely outclassed him this year and i think it would be it'd be quite a travesty really not to have him on the grid
1: i think um the travesty for me is just this leave um hulkenberg is the only option for red bull and i think perez would be a step above hulkenberg as an option for Red mm. Bull,
2: mm. that's a that's a I, agree with
1: that. well, well, I, I think I when think they them. were teammates, Perez was better, and Perez has just been in a year in F one. Simple.
2: Oh wait, you said Perez is better
1: than bro? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, I agree. With I that. didn't say Latifi should go to Red Bull or it. something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've I've lost my mind this morning. I don't, I don't even know
1: what we are. But back. hey, let's put Latifi in Red Bull. Why not? Let's let's absolutely <laughs> let's mess this all. up completely. Who else should we put in it? Yeah. Um, um, let's resurrect Albon. Tazio Nuvolari. <laughs>
0: Actually, he'd be quite good. For Albon in it. Oh, <laughs> whoa! What? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's kind of an unfolding story, and we'll have to see. Obviously, there's been no official announcement yet, and we'll just have to follow that. But it, it's strange, kind of. I think, as we said before, that the driver market seemed pretty settled when we spoke about it in, I think, August. And, you know, there was kind of a <laughs> few, things, few things around Racing Point and, you know, Hassan Alfa Romeo and, and Red Bull second seat, but it kind of looked pretty settled. Or for the seats that were open, it felt like, you know, there's one or two options for these seats, whereas it's kind of got more open, which is very strange. As, you know, yeah, know, a on Sunday. There's, there's not enough seats in F1,
1: Nigel said, and I completely agree with him. Yeah, definitely. We need 26.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if Russell doesn't have a seat on the grid next year, even though Toto Wolff said he would last week, uh, it, it, it is just so so wrong that a, a talent like him won't be on the grid. The same goes with someone say if Perez loses his seat as well. Which I don't think really we will. Uh, it shouldn't be happening. Well, we shouldn't even be in this situation where great drivers, you know, t- probably top ten drivers on the grid, might not be on, might not be in, in the field next year, or because of, or because there's not enough seats, and because of these financial and political games that go on in F1 all the time.
0: Just on on Perez, going to Williams would be quite a step down, I yeah. think, from where he's been. Over the last few years, really, where he's got
2: nothing nothing to gain from it, which is why I don't think down for
0: the future.
1: There's he can bring a good financial bedding for that team, a team that's going to gather around him that will he will lead that team into a regulation change. And in the lot, well, not the last regulation change, but the regulation change before that, Williams went from what eighth or ninth best car to third best car. And... They got a pole position that year, meaning it was not it was Mercedes' engine, but it wasn't all Mercedes' engine in 2014. So I think as a bedrock to be with. I think Williams, if any team, would be one to sack off 2020 and put money into 2022. So if you're looking really ahead, then Williams is a good idea. A one-year contract at Red Bull, where you might be pushed aside if they decide to get Pierre Gasly again or do mess around with another driver, who knows? Um, where you're going to play second Vidal to Max Verstappen. As a as a driver with serious future ambitions, um, Williams can actually be seen as quite a good prospect as an immediate success and then potential to maybe get to snipe at some podiums. Red Bull is also there. And it really depends on what Perez really thinks for himself. I mean, he's still, what, he's 30? Um, I think, yeah. So yeah, he's, got, just, he's got I'll time to know. build a team, um, and I think Williams is there for that. I don't think it is.
2: I, I with the investors they've got, Donaldson Capital, the structure, the structure, uh, i can't speak, structure of Williams. Uh, I don't see them getting progressing too much. And I think Perez, he's got nothing to lose by going to Red Bull because if you go, if he does go to Williams, it will take at least three, two, three, four years, perhaps, to get back towards the front. So I think he should look for success at Red Bull, and go for it. Because even if he does get dropped from Red Bull next at the end of next year, if he goes, he could always go back to Williams anyway, wasn't he? Because he's he, is that good, good? Is that good? driver, and, and he brings the sponsors. Yeah, him?
1: that's a good point.
0: I I'd, I'd be careful about making any projections. Like, you know, considering we don't know how the driving market's gonna look next week or next month, let alone kind of the start of next season, I think going to the end of twenty one, um, you know, it could be totally different because we never would have foreseen a lot of the drivers that are currently jobless or, you know, in doubt for twenty twenty one would be based off their performances. I think but, you can you can
1: definitely say that there will be um, an argument to at least have Perez in contention for the majority of seats and the fact that we're here discussing George Russell being ousted from Williams for Sergio Perez next year if he is dropped from Red Bull depending on how his Red Bull season has gone it probably won't have gone badly there'll probably still be room to discuss Sergio Perez at the majority of teams for 2022 I'd imagine
2: yeah. unless he goes to Haas <laughs> there's not many drivers or very few in F1 well, they have an option of a good seat or a seat towards the back, where they take the seat towards the back. They always go for the fastest yeah. car and what they can go for. Well.
0: I think it's it's important that Paris does get a seat in kind of long term future because I do think if he is out even for a year for F one, that could you know, that could be terminal. You know, people forget about drivers very quickly in a lot of cases, you know, look at if it wants for the situation with COVID this year, Hulkenberg would be nowhere near yeah. the grid. Um, and obviously it's a bit of a different situation there with their financial backing. I think I'd be inclined to agree that going to Williams, getting a long-term thing set up would be, would be best. But equally, you know, Perez will want to back himself. We want to put himself in a car that he knows he can fight for, um, fight for podium, potentially wins. I think, against Verstappen even for Paris, that's going to be extremely tough Mm. I think that you know going into Verstappen's team that he's been in for five years now um, yeah that will be then I still think you know there's a considerable risk for him going there that he could come up with reputational damage but you know that's the
2: it's a risk worth taking yeah yeah I agree
0: agree Um, yeah should we move on, unless either of you have anything to add on that? Keep um, Russell
2: on the grid. It's a good yeah. thing
0: to add. It's a good thing <laughs> to add. Yeah. Um, and we'll continue to keep up to date with that story as it goes. Um, another piece of news is the 2021 calendar has been announced. It, it's, oh, it's been leaked.
1: Provisionally. Yeah. Yeah. Provisionally leaked.
2: Provisionally <laughs> leaked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um so there's I guess the standout is the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, although we knew that was oh. like anyway. Um, the won. the Vietnamese and Dutch Grand Prix will also be reinstated and we'll get to see that. I'm excited about that, particularly Holland. I'm not so sure about uh Vietnam. I'm kind of not really all in on that track, but you know, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it's going to be 23 races. There's apparently, no Plan B as to you know if the world still isn't righted or you know near being righted. But what do you both make of the calendar? So the no Plan B is uh, F F1 needs
2: to have this amount 23 races because it can't afford another season like this year, or else they will be in huge financial trouble. Already this year, F1 has lost a lot of money. I think. And if they have another season like this, uh, you know, they have to pay the tracks and with contracts and stuff. I, I don't think... I think the sport could be in big, big trouble. So, that's what it means for my plan B. Uh, but no plan B. But I do think the tracks that we've seen this year that have returned or are new to the calendar, they will, they will be there as a backup, probably. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, one thing I will say is 23 races... Bit too many for me. I don't know about you guys. What do you think?
0: I mean, yeah, probably in an ideal world. Although you know, it's better if it gets F one righted, and then you know that that's the price I'm willing to pay.
1: We've got two triple headers: um, Monza, Monza Spar, and Zanvort. Not in that order. I can't remember the order. Um, That's a that's a triple header, which is going to round off the European season. Um, I think obviously they've put Zanvolt a bit later because they definitely want fans there. Um, and there's another triple header which is going to be quite a long one, which is Singapore, Sochi, and Suzuka, Ooh. and that is going to really hit home for the teams, I think. And it's mm. it's not it's I don't think that's very nice at all for the teams. I mean, they've done triple headers as a last resort for this season. But they said in 2018 they'd never do them again. Um, and then they've, they've, they've done one traversing um, Russia and the majority of Asia. So that seems a little bit stabby in the backy from Formula One. Um, I think the main reason we've got a calendar with no plan B as this one is that Formula One thinks they can race anywhere with their COVID restrictions now. They yeah, think they've I think. got it all under control if they if they if the teams and if Formula One personnel is flying out in the right way um, and you know the media are kept in their place, uh, every team is kept in their place, every driver is kept in their place, and everyone's tested consistently and regularly. Then Formula One thinks it's it's in a very good situation, and for the most part, it is. We've had only a few COVID tests, to be honest, from. Mm. From the start of the season, so if Formula One can do that on a more global scale, I mean it's a step up, but it's something that they can look into, and I think they'll be taking a lot of FIA guidance from other series. I mean Formula E will have already started at that point, and will be in, um, will have been to Chile and Saudi Arabia, um, and WEC is going to Bahrain, has been to, I don't know, it going to Bahrain soon, and Formula One's going to Turkey and Bahrain, and all of that, so it is flying around a bit now. So they've got the confidence that they can do flyaways yeah. and whether fans are going to be there or not is really dependent on the current world situation at certain places. Look at Portimao, it's fine for fans there um, pretty much. Um, but we still don't have fans at Turkey or Bahrain this year. So it's, I think Formula 1 is confident they can do it anyway. I think street tracks is a bit of a push though. I'm not really sure about a city centre race to start off the season.
0: I think the with the COVID, you mentioned confidence there. My worry would be overconfidence. You know, yeah, we've kind definitely. of already seen people around it aren't as kind of cautious as they were. You know, at the start of racing, and then if you increase that to twenty-three races rather than the sixteen we have this season, um, and you know, it will be another year. I think there will. You know, there is part of me that's slightly worried. About that, and you know, seen incidents already. But the the question I really wanted to ask was: Do you think this calendar is better than this season's calendar? Which would you prefer to have?
2: Oh, what a horrible choice! Uh, I'm going to go with. Oh, I like I this that question, Adam.
0: You've had all morning to prepare for it, so not.
2: To <laughs> I'm going to go with the next year's one. Oh, that's good. I don't know why, just pure instinct.
0: <laughs> Freddie, do you say this year's?
1: Yeah, I quite like this year's. I mean, I think that if it was every year this year, then there wouldn't be a novelty to it. But I quite like mm. the novelty factor. And there's some tracks that I've missed this year. I've missed Interlagos. I've missed um, uh, Montreal. Um, and I think you can only really have Monaco without COVID. Because otherwise, what's the point? Um, okay. I think I quite enjoyed the the um, the the randomness of this year. We've had Magello. I would never have considered Magello as a 4 one track. I never. I. I mean, we. I think I definitely wrote off on this podcast Turkey coming back, and here it is. So, I think yeah, it's it's kind of sort of a mini dream calendar for a lot of people this year. It's what if you could if I could make a calendar for a game or something, I would put
0: these tracks on. So,
1: mm. I'm happy.
2: That's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: I think the the point about it, kind of this year, being a novelty, would that wear off if we had it two teams in a row is a good one. I, 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 I go towards this year's, I think, as well. Um, just feels a bit nicer. It feels like there's a bit less dead weight on the, on yeah. the calendar. Mm. Um, but awesome. yeah, it's a, it's a, thank you, <laughs> interesting one. I mean, yeah, thank I've so spoken
1: much. on this podcast a lot about, I'm a, a lover of the history of the sport, and I really like um, the the mystical factor of Formula 1 in the past. And you get that by going to tracks that have got a kind of old-school feel to them. We're going to mm-hmm. Imola this weekend. We've we've been to um, Mugello, which is an old track. It's a bike track. It's not really what you'd expect, but it's got that... Um, uh, sort of fairy tale side to it that you don't get from Yas Marina and <laughs> that kind of thing.
2: Still go there though. <laughs> Still <are> going <laughs> to Yas Marina it's a good
0: point. <laughs> I think the the point about Monaco is a good one as well. And I quite like the idea of them kind of trying to recreate Monaco without the fans by just like going around an estate in Barnsley or something <laughs> to uh, the <laughs> Monaco Grand Prix in exile or whatever. I don't know if you uh, saw
1: Kim Kardashian's tweet last night. Oh um how, was, it, you know, how, how,
2: have we, how have we gone on to this because it's caused a <laughs> bit
1: of a meme um it was me and a few here kim kardashian island is trending i'll just find it um it after two yeah. weeks of multiple health screens and asking everyone to quarantine i surprised my closest inner circle with a trip to a private island where we could pretend things are normal just for a brief moment of time and that's got um nearly as many retweets as it does likes um in the in the nearly forty thousand retweets as a meme why? now. Because why? people are just like, oh, look at that. And um why don't you just do that for Monaco? We can just take some of our closest friends and family, quarantine for two weeks and then surprise them with a trip to Monaco. And that's what it will be. It will be that it will be the rich and famous will have to quarantine for two weeks to go and stand in a paddock
0: surprise them with the Grand Prix to Monaco. is like, oh yeah, we're just going to do some skiing and then they're like, Surprise, it's a Monaco Grand Prix. <laughs> and, then, and then the drivers know, they just think they're, you know, in Monaco for, you know, a totally distant party or whatever. And then it's like, oh wait, there's a pit lane. Um the other the other things that jumps out, I mean there's you mentioned the triple header, Singapore, Russia, Japan. But then either side of that there's the Dutch Grand Prix and the Mexican Grand Prix. So like kind of even Outside of those two weeks, then yeah, it's massive travel. And the stretch before that, you've got uh, Britain, Hungary, Belgium, Italy, Holland, which is a brilliant run of kind of classic circuits. And um, before that, you've got Austria as well, which kind of isn't it's a classic circuit, but you know, it's kind of purpose-built racetrack. But yeah, that run I think really jumps out as something really nice to enjoy. So moving on to some other bits of driver market news. One that came through last week, and one that's come through. This week, um the first one is has got rid of both their drivers for twenty twenty one in one of the less surprising large <laughs> was clearly very sad one of the less surprising <laughs> news I, I i mean I'd said that I thought magnuson would stay, but he, you know i wasn't massively surprised. It seemed like all the momentum was you know for two new drivers coming in um kind of what personally what does this mean for hass and then do you think either the drivers will
2: be on the grid for 21. It's bye-bye to Roman Grosjean and Gavin Magnussen, I think.
0: It's
2: been a good time. Gavin Magnussen got podium on his debut. Hasn't yeah. been close since.
1: <laughs> Grosjean got one in his second race uh, with yeah. Lotus, not with Renault. I, think, I can't think of a
2: driver who scored a podium on the debut and did not score it. Again, probably in the fifties it happened, but definitely not in the last thirty years. I don't think. Uh, Oh yeah, Mm. I think it's the right decision from Haas to get some new uh, blood in the car. Although I don't think it's the driver's fault uh, for the reason for the as to why Haas are underperforming. I think it is purely the car. And Roman Grosjean has spoke quite well. He's he's literally said what has been wrong with the car. He's, He's spilled the beans, as they say. Uh, last weekend so yeah the new driver lineup I don't it's yeah it's neither a good thing or a bad thing I'd say but they've they've had their time in F1 so yeah <laughs> I don't know where I went with that.
0: <laughs> I liked, um, he just Obviously he announced the post on Facebook and Instagram I think and then he And then he put up a tweet afterwards saying, (laughs) it's the first time I've had 100,000 likes on a post in the first 24 hours or something and it's announcing my retirement. Not sure what to think about that. So I thought that was quite good. It's also, um, his nine lives have run out. I think it's either this year or next year, is his ninth season. So there's quite a nice um, headline writer's dream there. Freddie, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I think this is his ninth season. if you count two thousand and nine, um, yeah, it is. Um, it's it's weird because like they're both kind of sports on the grid, but also not at the same time, and like they Roman Grosjean particularly is a, such a weird driver. Like he's he's so fast sometimes, but he's also not, and it's just like Roman, you could have been great, but you weren't. And you've been on borrowed time for years. And it's a bit of a shame because it's, it's a whole massive what could have been. Particularly for Haas as well, with him at Haas. I mean, he went to Haas in 2016 following a very good 2015 year at Lotus. He got a posier in that year in that dog of a car, which is being looked after by bailiffs, And went there basically saying, yeah, maybe I can go to Ferrari. And everyone was like, yes, maybe he can go to Ferrari. And unfortunately, now that whole narrative has failed. Um, And it is a shame to see them go, but I'm really not surprised. And I'm more excited about what's coming, if I'm honest. I think has to need a rethink, a refresh, and... I don't think no. the drivers
2: is the refresh they need though, Freddie. I, re- I really think it's behind the scenes engine engineers and things. I,
1: it's, I don't think engineers are uh, new... spurred on by new drivers after they every week have to rebuild a car and have two drivers <laughs> crashing into each other. Do you think they can now they think that oh hasn't happened this least. season though has It, it has not happen this season, no, but like it's a hangover that is known about and a hangover that is gonna sit with you. It's like oh these drivers are just not here for the team, really. You look at that with Kevin Magnussen. You think, "Oh, these drivers are just here to be laughed at on Netflix now, and that's it." And if you bring wow. in a new a new driver to an engineer, an engineer can go, "Oh, this is really cool. We're quite excited about this." And there's a bit of a spur there. Obviously, if they yeah. crash out in the first race, that's going to change. But if they bring in a new person and they're promising, then the motivation skyrocket, surely, Maybe. Not like
0: by another driver.
2: Mm. I- yeah. I just think whoever does come into the team, it's the strongest rumors at the moment is that it will be Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. They they won't no. improve the team with the with what they have. I, I just I don't think Grosjean and Magnussen are as bad as some people think. I, I do think the Haas is just one of the most unpredictable and undrivable cars in F one history, and I don't I don't blame the drivers on that.
1: I think uh, it, there's an easy reason for that. And that's because they've bought second-hand parts from Ferrari and then have tried to put them together and don't know what <laughs> they've done, really. It, it, its I, I hate to say it, but yeah. like It's like they've got... Here's a suspension that we haven't built. How does it work? I don't know. Put it on the car. Okay. And that's it, really. At least with Racing Point, they've understood the car they've bought. That's I nothing to do with the drivers, them. though, is it? No, you're right. It's not that's to do with the drivers.
0: What, I think what... Not necessarily there'll be an increase straight away, you know, there might be a step back, but it no, of if, you bring in, if you bring in two new drivers, then I think it's the potential increase um that kind of is more, would excite me more, you know, the the fact, it, it feels like we know what the ceiling is for Haas with Grosjean and Magnussen, and it's not a particularly high one, whereas yes, you know, you bring, in, you bring in two new drivers, and you know, there is... there's there's, you know a chance that you can increase that you know you've got potential you can work on them you can work the car around them and and another thing um, uh, Gunther Steiner said is that with the salary cap coming in then hopefully it will be a bit of a buyer's market for engineers and you know all of that with teams having to you know downsize you know kind of looking to recruit there Um, so that's kind of what I imagine they'll be looking at. Yeah, I thought that too. Um, Grosjean, it's... Oh, I was just going to say Grosjean's, it's 28th in the list of all-time starts, but that's not really very interesting, Freddie Carrier. 28th? That's <laughs> higher than I thought it would be. Um, from what, ahead 800 of F1 of, drivers? the um, head of uh, Graham Hill, Lauda, Jacques Villeneuve, Ayrton Senna, Mika Hakkinen. Paul uh, he's one. Yeah. Fair enough. He's... Um, by the end of the season, he should be uh, Ralph Schumacher, and Hulkenberg, and Jacques Lafitte. Jacques yeah. Lafitte?
1: Damn. Um, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> we've got lots of open source parts coming into Formula One for 2022. I don't know if they're bringing mm. it in for 21, mm. but there's going to basically be an open server where they have to upload the designs. So that could be interesting for a team like Hass in the future. Yeah.
0: Oh, um, we, we have spoken a lot about Haas on the many podcasts, so we'll move on to another team that we've spoken at length about. Um, Alpha Tauri, they have confirmed, or Helmut Marko has confirmed, Pierre Gasly will stay in the team, which is the most deserved um, driver attention, I think, on the grid. Um, yeah, wait till Houghton's
2: we... signs his new contract, Adam, then he might want well, <laughs> to we'll, we'll track that statement.
0: Well,
2: we haven't yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, when he does, then I'll say it again. Um, Is Hamilton well, going to sign for Alpha Tauri alongside Pierre Gasly? I'll DM Gasly saying, sorry, your award for most deserved driver attention has been rescinded. It's gone to Hamilton. I'm sure and then he'll, he'll, he'll block you. Yeah, and then he'll send me a picture of the Italian Grand Prix trophy that he got, which should have been Hamilton's, and he'll say, well, rescind this, and I won't be able to. I um, <laughs> <but, laughs> <laughs> um, don't want to. That's one seat locked down. Obviously, Sonoda's doing a test immediately after Imola and they have said that they want to get him in a practice session and it feels like the momentum is building um, for him to be in the seat. Just kind of, what are your thoughts on this? Have yeah. Rebel not learnt, don't what? fast-forward drivers all
1: the time. They're fast-forwarding drivers.
2: So of the chance is what I it. like
1: to say give them yeah, all a chance I, I think it's give them a the right chance did, and then, then sack then. them and be like oh look at that It's, only, it's only, it doesn't matter that we've got mm. rid of him
2: he's the job he
1: its most impressive driver on the grid this year
2: uh, sorry what was your question I What more my thoughts on Gasly saying yeah, yeah and kind of um,
0: yeah. the Tari situation
2: yeah I think it's uh, it's the right thing for Gasly to keep his options open for 2022 if he does want to move out of the Red Bull uh programme and if he does have Albon as his teammate potentially next year, if he beats him then that will put him in a great position in the, in the driving market. And he's still young but of course he's still got plenty of years to come so I think it's a, it's the right thing to do and he just has to continue performing like he is whether it is to beat Albon next year or to beat uh, Sonoda if, if Sonoda is promoted.
0: Yes. I was hoping Freddie would jump in there, but he's just kind of sat
1: there with his arms folded. <laughs> yeah, I just I just had my kind of rant about don't ruin Sonoda's career because he's really promising, I'm scared. Um basically, I already said that. Um but Gasly has think. been very good this year and it's a shame that Red Bull didn't work out for him because if you look at his Toro Rosso season from twenty eighteen, he had peaks and troughs but the peaks were there and if you look at his 2020 season at AlphaTauri it's only been the peaks so he's improving as a driver um, definitely hand over fist, all of that but because he's he's got on the wrong side and trodden a few toes last year as well as not performing to be fair is he's um, sacked off his chance at returning to Red Bull when he's performing Isn't- well
2: isn't that the same as for what Fernando Alonso is, and people say Alonso, you know, deserved that and stuff with Ferrari and that?
1: Deserved what? Deserved to not be that? Deserved not was, to, be, yeah. Because he was a, because he what was a bit of a prick.
2: Yeah. That's the same yeah. situation as, as as I see. Yes, there were different ages, different experience, but to me, it's the same thing.
1: I think well, Alonso has been a bit a bit worse than Gasly. I don't know. I don't, we know, don't what, know. We don't We Gasly, only see,
2: see... You're right. Yeah. We only see what's on TV and the broadcast and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I think... I'm, I'm definitely pleased that Gasly will remain on the grid because so I think it would be a real yeah. loss to, for him not to be there. It, it kind of feels like all the momentum with, with the Noda, which, you know, where does that leave Albon? But that's a debate for another day. Um, so, I think, yeah... In, Interesting Why do not we talk about then? it now? Do you think Albon will be out of Formula One? Oh. We still got. <laughs> one one, well, one just, word just... answer. One word answer, Freddie. Do you think Albon will be out of F1 next year? No, I think Sonoda won't be. Nigel, yeah. do you think not? Uh, and then he said, "Do you think Nigel will be? Do you think Albon will be out of F1 next year, or not uh... on the next
2: year?" Yeah, I think he'll be out of F1 there. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. I. I actually agree with you, just because of the way oh. things shape up, and all, all the seats, all the seats are being filled up. I don't think that's the right thing. I think he should have a seat on the grid, but I don't think he will. Um, I, I kind of, I think it's a risk with Sonoda, but equally, you know, there's not much is, you know, certain in F two. I think you know if he's if he's in the position and you know they think he's good enough, then then move him up. That's right.
2: If Senol has the chance, he's got to take it because yeah, if he stays fine. in F2, he might have a bad year and then he mm. won't get into F1 ever. He's got to take the chance. Whether it yes, works it's out with or Tictum,
1: not, isn't it? Well, so, yeah. yeah. If this so, if was in his position a couple of years ago, this year, then he would have had a super license. He was a few points off a super license, and oh, would, have shame, been, would have been. It is a shame. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been directly into F1 in the Toro Rosso but he wasn't. Oh God. Yeah, It's a good thing we weren't doing a
2: podcast two years ago and if Dan Tipton was in F1
0: (laughs) He's closer than ever I think there's still next year there's going to be a lot of good drivers still on the grid you know I'd say Lungard uh, Schwartzman there's a lot of you know Piastri and Porcher Yeah
2: Porcher Yes Porcher and Lungard Logan
1: Sargent I'm interested to see if he gets into F2 I want to see him do well
0: so I think, you know, it's there will be a lot of competition next year, you know, to, to be on the safe side. As Nigel said, like, get into f 1 and then, you know, back yourself to go from there. Um, we'll finally get on to talking about Imola itself, oh, yeah. the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix, the first ever. Um, there's just one 90-minute practice session, which won't be as interesting, given what happened at the Eiffel Grand Prix. Um, but kind of who, who do you think will be disadvantaged by that the most or, you know, will it be even? Well, people who tune in on Friday
1: morning expecting a practice session (laughs) will be disadvantaged. But I think (laughs) no one, well, the team.
2: Yeah. Alpha Tauri did some testing earlier this year at Imola with both their 2018 and 2020 car. So, if any team is going to have an advantage, I think it will be them. I think Gasly could have another impressive impressive weekend if you put it together because even though I think Riders they only did 100, yeah even though they only did hundred kilometres I think it was that's still quite a lot for
1: full effectively.
2: Yeah what yeah. is effectively a new track because they haven't yeah. been there for, for so long. Uh so yeah I think Alpha Tower could benefit uh Bottas as well. We've seen how good he is early on in the weekend with one practice session that might help. But it is a proper track. I can't speak this morning. It's a proper driver's track. So, I think Will Hamilton is still the favourite. Uh, but I do think Red Bull will be closer as well.
0: So, do you? Yeah. I, I, do, I yeah. think it will disadvantage Bottas because Hamilton will still come good in Q3 and it will just be one less session. <laughs> so, um, that's interesting about Red Bull. Freddie, do you agree with that? Disagree? I don't think
1: they'll be as close as they were in Nürburgring um, (coughs) uh, where they were actually feasibly on pace pretty close with, well, Verstappen was feasibly on pace, very close, fighting for pole. Um, I don't think they'll be that close but I think they'll definitely be a clear step above the midfield still, obviously. They'll be in their normal rebel positions. Um, Mm. So I think it's going to be sort of a a bit of of the gaps of Mercedes is going to be a little bit bigger than it has been in the past few races, I think personally. I think it there's a bit of a power advantage at Imola that haven't, haven't really had so much at Portimao and Nürburgring.
2: Yeah, perhaps. So it will also be interested to see how well Ferrari do, and whether Portugal was a one-off because McClure was very impressive on Sunday. Uh, Ferrari have done some testing. No, I'm not not sure Ferrari have done some testing, but I think they know the track very well. Uh,
1: I know the track very well. I was say. Yeah. yeah
2: um, what to say?
1: And um, I it... we, we can take Ferrari's upgrades as as pretty good, due to the mm. fact that Vettel's bad performance still garnered him a point. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, It sounds callous to say that, but that's actually yeah. I think he got tenth when nineteen with nineteen finishes, and he got tenth in Mugello with twelve finishes or eleven finishes, whatever it was. So. Ferrari have clearly made a step, and you can see that through the bad driver doing well for the bad driver. <laughs>
0: mm. I think, yeah, there's a few a few drivers who've done kind of junior. I think Gasly's one who's done junior racing um, at Imola because they host some of those events. We'll get some predictions. Um, who, who will be your drivers of the day on Sunday?
2: Andy Rick. I think Renault were going to be strong. I think Portugal was a one-off Ooh, because with the new yeah. track layout, new asphalt, I think it threw off a lot of teams, and we didn't see yeah, the true performance of Renault mm. and things like that. I think Ferrari benefited from the weird conditions, so I, I think Renault will be back on form this weekend. So yeah, Renault and AlphaTauri are the teams to look out for for me.
0: I do like that pick. Um, Freddie's looking. Norris. Hmm. I'll go Leclerc. Yeah. That's a good call. Always, always he like yes, anyone the only one who's done a Grand Prix there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Luckily, that's not one of the quiz questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is yeah, this
2: a, is this a, one of your favourite tracks, Freddie? Imola? We, we, we know you all like it.
1: Well, yes, it is one of my favourite tracks. Um, I do. Is it in
2: pretty- your top ten in the world?
1: <laughs> oh, that's yeah, a whole podcast three. in itself. Let's do that. Let's do top ten <laughs> tracks in the world for all of us. That'd be an amazing podcast. Um, I'd say it's in my top ten in the world. Oh, really? In top oh, really? five? Uh, so, I don't know. I need to so, think- it's your
2: favourite Italian track, yeah?
1: Well, are you trying to like catch me out in some way? I'm doing. I'm doing an interview here. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think you're going to try and catch me out.
2: No, I'm not catching now. out. I'll just have to See? watch your favourite Italian track.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, nice.
2: Oh, cool. Thanks for the interview, yeah. Nigel. No problem. Well, uh, I will say there's some facts Ocon, Leclerc, Latifi, Stroll, Verstappen, Grosjean, Kafia, Russell, and Giovinazzi have all raced at Imla. So, whether that will help or not, not sure.
1: I think the majority yeah. of them will have. Did Hamilton do GP two though?
2: Well, no, don't forget. No. It. Okay. Um yeah, it's nine, nine drivers have raced there. Hamilton, the twenty. Yeah.
0: Number. Uh, it's a number. Just round out the predictions with race winner and tenth place. Race winner will be Hamilton. Just will.
1: Yeah, it will be mm. Hamilton and Kvyat will be tenth. Um, oh. Yeah.
2: Verstappen first, Albon (laughs) 10th. I like that.
0: I like that. Uh, How about Magnussen 10th? Oh, that's nice.
2: I I worry about, I genuinely will worry about overtaking it this track. I know we were about Magello and Nurburgring as well. But yeah, it's narrow. There's only one DRS zone. And I'm Mm. not sure, they're not using the the full straight for the DRS. I'm not sure if it will be powerful enough. I think in, in Portugal well, it was, it was did, almost it, too it, powerful. It, yeah. but, but here I think we might see the opposite if it's not quite powerful enough.
1: Well, what's uh, important to remember is that the, the full straight, the full pit straight now goes from Rivazza all the way to yeah, yeah. Tamburello whereas previously there was a basically a, a big chicane, basically two corners in the middle of it, whereas now it's mm. one long straight. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see because that's a very, very different part of the track now compared to what it was um, 15 years oh, ago when Formula and 1 last was there.
2: Yeah. Did The old school nature of Imledo, I just adore oh, yeah. it. It's so, so good having grass and gravel. If you make a mistake, you will be punished. And the fast
1: be it the be like Mugello it. where yeah. we're going to have uh, probably quite a few. If GP2, if F2 and F3 were there, I think the races for those would be making a few sponsors question why they're paying for it. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, it, it, it's a fantastic track, and for anyone who's listening or watching this who hasn't seen it in I'm sure you will love it. It's just as good as Magello, if not better, especially in qualifying when the cars are on the limit. There's
1: yeah. been a video doing the rounds on social media of Jensen Button's pole up from 2004. I want to say in the yeah. BAR Honda and. That's a, on, on its own, that's an amazing lap, just as a qualifying lap. That was a brilliant lap. It was his first ever pole position button. But if you just watch it, it's an amazing lap. Mm. It's, it's an amazing lap because it's an amazing track.
0: Yeah, it will be it will be very interesting to see. And obviously, the no Friday running just increases that. We'll I'm disappointed
1: the- we're not getting Friday running because I want to see cars on Imola. <laughs>
0: i'm not because i've got a lot of work on and i need a free friday to get that done. <laughs> that's a good point I'm, I'm quite happy and i've only just about 10 minutes ago when we raised it in the podcast realized that means i'll get a free friday so yeah so all, all good for me um we'll finish the podcast off with a quiz it's 11 questions because i thought of one about two minutes ago and added it in but i don't want to take one out so here we go 11 questions uh Four on the Portuguese concrete that's
1: just gone, and then seven on. Nigel's having a yeah. Nigel's dying. Yeah. Nigel, are you okay? Yeah, might be so a, a thumbs up. He's giving us a thumbs up, that's all right. Might
0: be, um, might be a disadvantage, to, <laughs> it might be <laughs> <a disadvantage>. okay. <laughs> so, the <laughs> Emilio Roggiana Grand Prix Premiero a Portuguese Compree quiz.
2: Oh, it. Did, um, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, a bit weird. um question. What was greater the Portuguese qualifying difference between the two red bull cars or the two Ferrari cars? Freddie. Which was bigger? Yes, Freddie. Ferrari. Yes, that's correct. By about two hundredth of a second is oh wow. Ferrari with uh, does well, it Leclerc's
1: Q three time or is
0: it Leclerc's Q two time? Leclerc's Q two. So the distance okay, the gap yeah. between three was um Yeah. seven 0. 5, five five two yeah. 5, five two and Red Bull was point five three three. Um so that's one nil to Freddie and Who, who was heading from, the
2: Red Bull uh call farm by the way? Just to
0: clarify. Uh fellow uh, <laughs> <the laughs> <Pelican> from Thailand. <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember his name, but in Thailand. Um Prince beera yeah, that one. Um, who was the lowest place at, at the checkered flag? Who was the lowest place driver on the lead lap? Still on Nigel. Yes, Nigel.
2: And it was Charles Leclerc.
0: Yes, it was. Only on four drivers.
2: Well, very very good performance
0: ended. as well. Mm. What was the official reason given for Lance Stroll's retirement, other than just Freddie? Wasn't yes, Freddie. Save the engine. No. Nigel, yeah, I
2: think it was floor
0: damage. Yeah, okay, it was collision damage.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah fair enough. Been hitting Norris, uh, so that's two, one, two, Nigel. Um, how many finish? How many teams finish two by two, so one after the other in the race? Oh, that's a question. Ready? <laughs> yes. Two. No. Nigel, yes. One, no. I'm huh. going to have to do a good. I'm saying yes, Nigel. Think safe, Three. It. Yes, it was. It
1: was Renault, Mercedes, oh, Renault. And Haas. Yeah, I knew H and Mercedes. Of course,
0: Renault. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Might we take the 3 1 lead Damn. as we move, go away from Portugal and do a quick hop over the Mediterranean to Imola, even though I don't think it actually would be over the Mediterranean. But anyway, does Imola Ooh. run clockwise or anticlockwise? Ready? Yeah. Anticlockwise. clockwise. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: One of the very sure. few circuits that run clockwise. There's been quite a few anti clockwise. Yeah,
0: there's a few more. Oh, yeah. They
1: used to just um, be like into Lagos, didn't
0: it? it was into yeah. Lagos and Turkey, because yeah. Matha in the Hamilton massa battle, Mather always did better at those two. Um, who won the men's road race in the Cycling World Champions? Adam Nigel, the- <laughs> yeah.
2: yes. Uh, Julian Alaphilippe. <laughs> yeah to think then? Yeah. I forgot.
0: I watched that with you, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while we were waiting for the to start recording the podcast, yeah, um,
2: great attack! At
0: win. least, at least I didn't make it a tiebreaker. Um, <laughs> I just so it's uh, over it now. Um, okay, that is 40 for Nigel. As we go into question seven, which two engine manufacturers are tied for the most races? Won it, Imola?
1: Freddie yeah, uh, Ferrari and Mercedes, no. Oh no, really?
0: Yeah. Freddy. Um, Yes, Freddy.
1: Ferrari and Renault.
0: Yeah, that is correct. Mm. I think they're both on eight, although I didn't note that down. Um, That's cool. Mercedes have not won, or they've won one with David Coulthard in 98. Um, Mm. Tag have actually won more than Mercedes. So Yeah. Big up Luxembourg. Um, that's 4 3 two, Nigel, <laughs> question eight. Who held the lap record for the first ever race, F1 race at in, in 1980?
2: Nigel? Held
1: it?
0: Oh, I, was gonna, oh, well, yeah, I it? really yeah, apologise
2: yeah. if this is wrong, but is it Gilles Villeneuve? I'm
0: hoping he was still alive. No, yeah, he was. Wasn't. It wasn't him. Apparently he is still alive he was still alive but it's not. He died in eighty two. Oh, yeah. Freddie. Yes, Freddie. Carlos Reutemann. No. Freddie. Nigel. No, you had Nigel first. Jones. Yeah.
2: Are you gonna give a first
0: name or Alan. Yeah. I was about to say that one.
1: Oh. Not Nigel
0: Jones. William. Um, he?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's five... Championship year. Yeah. Oh. No, it was PK next year. And then Kecky. Good old Kecky. Um, what link, Emilia-Romagna and Derbyshire?
1: Freddie. Yes. They're on earth. No. Damn. Are they not? Uh, no. they've
2: both got the same <laughs> amount of letters in the... No,
0: they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The kind of feature geographical feature that they've both got, Freddy. That might not actually help, yes, Freddie.
1: <laughs> I know nothing about these both these places. Um, they have mountains,
0: close hills, like river, point. forest, um, peak district, and a and high all
2: 3,000 meters of altitude. No, they both not. have national parks.
0: Oh. Give the, it's the Pennine, the um, hills in Derbyshire, or in the yeah. Peak District, of the Pennines, and in Emilia, Romania, and, it's the Um which I quite like, even if it's a difficult question. Um, yeah. Give Freddie half a point for Thanks. getting that. Um, so it's Nigel's winning five to three and a half. Freddie needs to get both of these questions to win. Ooh, this question was a bit hard to word, but if Lewis Hamilton wins this week, or George Russell, or Lando Norris, it will be the what number win for Great Britain at Imola? Freddie. Yes. Third. No.
2: Nigel, six. No. Keep taking turns, Freddie, at guessing the number. Yeah, Freddie. <laughs> mm.
0: Fourth? No. Eighth. No. Oh, which way does he go? Freddie fifth.
1: Yes, that mm. is correct. So, is, what we've got, Coulthard's mm. in 98. Mansell's yep. going to be 92 and 91. Um, yep. What's the other one? Did Mansell get another? Hill 95, Hill, 95. hell. Of
0: course. I didn't realise that I gave away the oh no, I didn't mean to, but then when you mentioned Message and I gave it away there by mistake. Oh, um that's right. Nigel's winning four uh, five four and a half. Oh. As we go into the <laughs> final relatively question. close. Yeah. How or what how did fe- how did Imola feature in Top Gear. Freddie? I think 2012. Yes, Freddie.
1: They went there at the end of the um, episode, the Italian Rotary episode with the McLaren and the Noble and the Ferrari. Lamborghini! Lamborghini! Oh, oh, oh.
2: Oh, no, it, no, no, no. it was a Lamborghini! <laughs> it was a Lamborghini!
1: It was a Lamborghini! It was a Lamborghini. Um, they went there and then they had the final challenge there and they had Bunga Bunga Stig doing a lap in the four-five-eight, because that's why they were there. They had the lap in the four-five-eight, and they had to match the time of that. And Hamilton went off in Hamilton. Hammond went off <laughs> in the gravel. Yeah,
0: um, there was for the listeners. Also, the uh, Zoom call also, recording cut out as Freddie started to say the answer. I think he got it was the final challenge of the noble, uh, and then it cut out. But yeah, I'll yeah, well, take, take his word that he did know that. It was um, a Lamborghini
2: Aventador Aventador, Aventador,
1: RC, Aventador. And
0: a Noble Was it M, M600?
1: M Yeah, M600 oh, I, I had it on five. the number plate, whatever If you want to check, you can
0: go and do that Yeah, go um, But that means that Freddie wins the quiz by five and a half points to five
1: oh, hoo, hoo. Back on top, I've missed this
0: Just squeaked through there to take the win with it Half Pennine's knowledge.
1: Oh, I haven't won um, a quiz since I turned twenty-one.
0: No, you turned twenty-one in March, so it's a bit. A okay. problem. Uh, <laughs> but that wraps up everything for this week's podcast, the preview podcast. Um, we will be back on Sunday with, or hopefully Sunday, um, with post-race analysis and all the biggest stories that have broke since now. Um, but yeah so in the meantime obviously check out our twitters which we mentioned at the start or on Spotify and Acast and yeah we will see you next time bye